Hey everyone, Josh Taylor here from CE Podcast. Thank you so much for tagging along on this awesome journey. So today I wanted to talk a little bit about barking. Um, I think barking is something that can be extreme. Um, you know, you could be looking at all different forms of barking. I wanted to get more into the barking when it comes to um, attention. So attention-based barking. So uh, this can be confused a lot with anxiety, um, not by professionals, but I mean by people in general. Um, and I'm not saying that they typically don't have some form of anxiety. They, they most likely do, um, or they can. But a lot of the times, what we're actually dealing with is um, attention barking. So attention seeking, uh, they pick up on patterns. Um, so to give you an idea of this, it's like, let's say every time I'm on the phone, my dog is barking at me. I will most likely start petting my dog while I'm having the conversation on the phone so that in return, my dog is uh, quiet. Now, of course, this just reconfirms to the dog that the more I react or the more that I speak, the more I get what I want. Uh, it really doesn't get more you know, logical than that, <laughs> okay, when it comes to uh, attention seeking. And attention seeking, you know, you know what? Let's even change the title, okay? It's gonna go from barking to attention seeking, all right? I think that's an even better title for this. So let, let's, look at, let's look at that for a second. So I'm on the phone, my dog starts barking. The moment I start petting my dog, um, they say, oh, this worked. I'm gonna continue to do it. Uh, have you ever had a situation where you play ball, let's say in the house, and the ball goes under the chair or I don't know, under the bed and you have um, your monkey basically barking at you the whole time until you go and you get it. Do you start noticing that the dog does it and it almost feels like it's happening on purpose? I know you're out there. <laughs> I know there's some out there because I remember this being very, very common where I would get this comment or question all the time. Okay. Um, so I will definitely tell you that I believe that they are not doing it on purpose most of the time, but there are definitely times where I do see this becoming almost like uh, a tradition or a routine. So when they are, um, let's say, you know, the ball is rolling under the table or whatever, and the barking does happen. I mean, look, if we're kind of in a clinch or it's kind of like we, we need to get things done, by all means, just go ahead and get the ball. But if you can be a little ambitious with this type of behavior, I would try my best to ignore. I would try my best to maybe even redirect. The moment that the barking does stop or the dog is not focused on barking towards you or at the ball, this is when I would go ahead and I would grab the ball, okay? And maybe just save it for outside so you're not really dealing with that. But nonetheless, if you do play inside the house, that's something to keep in mind, okay? These are all attention-seeking behaviors. I have dogs, for example, that in the backyard, they just bark at the person nonstop until they throw the ball. 
and it manifests like the way it gets to that point is because the barking is happening so much. Okay. So it's so important that, um, you really start to work on, I guess, impulse control in many ways, getting your dog to actually be calm and relaxed when you start to engage with them. Again, one of my favorite quotes, the secret to dog training is to reward nothing. Uh, and it is so, so true. All right. The idea here is that you're trying to reward calm and quiet behavior. If you throw the ball because they're barking at you, then this becomes a pattern. And remember the way they do the life expectancy. Okay. And how one year for us is like seven years for them. Keep in mind that one day for us is like one week for them. So you have to understand that at least I believe this is one of the big reasons why they pick up on these patterns so quickly. All right. Because not only do they have nothing better to do, but to focus on these patterns, but also because, uh, it, it, it's like a quadruple effect every time they do something once. So one day for us is like one week for them. So habit wise, when they learn something or when they, when they see something and they see that ripple effect. So like example behavior and then consequence. So the behavior being barking at you and then consequence being you throwing the ball. Okay. So the consequence is positive. So therefore I'm going to continue barking. Okay. So this is why it's so important that we try our very best to minimize these, these, um, I don't know, I guess you could say our dog manipulating us to a degree. We want to try to diminish this as much as we can. Okay. Because this is how problems start to really become created and then manifested into something pretty, pretty big, pretty powerful. Right. And then before you know it, something that you did, I don't know, three for three days where you were throwing the ball, um, when they were barking, all of a sudden that's technically three weeks of you throwing the ball while they're barking. Now, if you've been doing it for a month, well, guess what? That's like two months. Um, wait, is that right? Is my math correct there? Anyhow, just keep that in the back of your mind. Okay. That they pick up on these patterns much faster than we do. So we want to really be, you know, aware of those things. Another big thing with attention seeking that I notice happens often is treats. And, um, when we're handing the treats, I see this all too often where we are outside and to occupy our dog, they're already doing something wrong though. We start to hand them treats. So they're barking and we're like, Hey, hey, hey you know, and we're handing them treats. Okay. To get this, in my opinion is no good. When we do reward, we want to make sure that we're looking for nice, calm behavior. Okay. It is so important that we are, um, we are focusing on that. Okay. Having said that, let's talk about some of those scenarios. So I'm walking down the street. I start talking to a friend as I'm talking to the friend, 
my dog is sitting there staring at me, barking, okay? Now, you are most likely to acknowledge, talk to them, do something. You could say no a couple times, do whatever you like in that context, like, you know, uh, whatever form of correction you're using. Me, I like to be nice and firm, kind of like how I am with my kids. So I let them know, uh-uh, this is not okay. I'm not happy about this. And then what I do is I try to implement the positive in the opportune moment. So my dog stops barking. Hey, good job. That's when I'm maybe, you know, crouching down, petting my dog while I talk to the neighbor or, or the friend or whatever. So you really want to make sure that you're setting you're setting up for success. So if you know that your dog has a bad habit of doing this, the best way to practice is to create the scenarios. Yeah, but Josh, every time I talk on the phone, for example, my dog is barking at me. So pretend you're talking on the phone, pick up the phone and start having a conversation. And when your dog reacts, you can start actually saying, you know, no or ah uh -uh or whatever you want to use. And then, of course, when they're quiet, you can start rewarding them and, and making it positive, all right? So the idea here is that, or I should say one of the big, another big secret, so I'm, I'm already, you know, we're already revealing two big secrets here, which are theoretically not really a secret, but I guess it is in a way. One is we reward calm, right? The secret to dog training is to reward nothing, right? So you're rewarding calm. And this is so that obviously the behavior, the habit sticks. If every time my dog sees a dog and he doesn't bark and I reward him, then he associates that this is the behavior I want towards that stimulus. This is what I love. This is what I like. Okay. The second secret is to make sure that you are focusing on creating the scenario that you have the most difficulty with. Okay, so if the barking comes when you're talking to someone, then that's what you focus on. If the barking is happening when, um, or I should say when the attention seeking is happening, maybe when you're dealing with your kids, then that's, you try to create that scenario to make it, you know, easier to manage and easy to, to work on. Okay, it takes practice. It takes time. I'm not denying that. Okay, but it is really, really great for us to um, to focus on that, okay? Because that is how you're gonna start to see change. All right, uh, another great one for attention seeking that I notice a lot of is that people will tell me stuff like, my dog can never relax, my dog can never be calm. And typically when I'm meeting these people and they're talking to me about this, I notice they're never letting the dog relax, meaning the dog is coming up to them and they're constantly trying to get their dog to do something. So the dog has in some ways enabled the person or the person has enabled the dog to never shut down. And so they are doing these things because if they don't, the co there's a consequence. The consequence is going to be, I don't know, the dog's barking at you or the dog's grabbing Kleenex or doing something unproductive. Okay. Um, so this is why it's so important, all right, that when you are dealing with this type of, of situation, that um, you try your best to focus on, um, well, as always, focus on the positives, 